Hey there, I'm Sarah K. Hoffman, a holistic health coach and chief gutsy of a gutsygirl.com. I went from bloated, gassy, and infertile to living my best life with a strong microbiome and a very full house. On this show, no topic is too stinky to discuss and everything can be broken down into practical, digestible takeaways. So grab a cup of bone broth, veggie broth, or a soothing golden latte if you prefer, and come along as I show you how the number two might just be your new number one. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the A Gutsy Girl podcast show. I'm your host, Sarah K. Hoffman, aka A Gutsy Girl, coming at you today from my home office in a small town in southern Minnesota. Have I told you yet how grateful I am that you choose to spend a little time with me a couple times a month? And on that, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to only produce two shows per month. I have so many topics to discuss and people to bring on that I'd love to increase the show's frequency. Let me know if you like this idea too. Anyways, thank you to everyone who has taken five seconds out of their day to leave a review with or without comments. I'd love to start sharing some of these because I am so grateful to you. Recently, Benedy007 left this review and I had to share it because it is so funny. The title of it is Gut to Butt Logic. The review states, self-empowering information to address your digestive health from multiple angles. I'm definitely going to follow up on a journal ASAP. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, when you leave reviews that I am always open to a fun play on digestive terms. If you know me in real life, you know that I love to have fun no matter how serious the topic might be. Now, before I bring on today's guest, I want to share a little bit more about her. Today, you're going to meet Beth Walker. I met Beth when I went for my clean eating recording and course creating in Colorado this past fall. And Beth was the person that was with me 24-7 to do all of my hair, touch up my makeup, and do anything to get me camera ready at any given moment. Now, again, if you know me in real life, you know that I never get ready and that that whole experience was very uncomfortable for me. However, Beth and I formed this instant friendship. She was so down to earth, so lovely, and just extremely kind and caring. And she really wanted to help me understand and talk about issues as they relate to the gut and all about skincare and beauty and the industry as a whole. So when I first met her, She was wondering what kind of makeup I wanted to wear for the filming. And I I laughed at her because I said, I have no idea. I barely wear anything. So I'm just going to let you take the lead here and you do your magic. So she laid out all of her product that she had brought onto this this bed in this spare bedroom that, that I had to get ready. And there were bags and bags and buckets full with different makeup products and skincare products. And it was super overwhelming to me. There were only a few brands and products that I really knew what they were because I'm not as keen on the beauty industry as Beth is. 
And so what I loved so much about it was that every single thing that she had in her makeup and skincare toolbox was all very friendly for gut healing because it was non-toxic, because she sourced cleaner beauty intentionally. And that's kind of where Beth fits into the industry. She has done some photo shoots for top magazines, for top models, and she always uses subtle, simple makeup and beauty that is non-toxic. And I absolutely love that and adore that about her. So without further ado, let's chat all things clean beauty with Beth Walker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I am so excited that I have the ever so wonderful Beth Walker here joining me. So welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm honored. So I think the way that we should just get this conversation started is if you can just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what you hold space for in the world, and all that good stuff. Okay, so Beth Walker, I'm from Ireland. I'm from a small town in County Wicklow called Wicklow Town, and I moved over here to Boulder County, Colorado, when I was 25, just shy of my 25th birthday. And I have been working in the clean beauty space for a number of years that actually goes back to the early 2000s. That's when I got introduced to the likes of German skincare brands like Dr. Hauschka and Lavera and Valeda. And that was the beginning, but it wasn't something that was very easy to access here in the States. So it's been a work in progress. And thankfully now it's becoming a movement, as I think you know, Sarah, because of your love of Beauty Counter. And here I am all these years later. I'm a holistic esthetician and a clean beauty makeup artist. And I work in the TV scene and photo shoots and all sorts of weddings and events and so on. So I see myself as an educator. I use this opportunity to introduce people if they don't know already about clean beauty or just enhance what people already know and take it from there. Wonderful. So it's so interesting because it's kind of like food, right? So you could be you could be in the healthy living space mm-hmm. and you can be, you know, on one end of the spectrum talking about healthy living as it pertains to maybe lower calories and lower fat and that sort of quote unquote healthy living. And then the other end of the spectrum, there's the healthier living as it pertains to really looking into food and the ingredients that are in it and the artificial ingredients and the chemicals and everything else that gets added to our food. So that's what's really fascinating to me about the beauty space and the clean beauty space in general, because when we think about beauty, we tend to think that it is just something that makes us feel more beautiful, that it's, you know, in and of itself, it's a healthy thing because it's, you know, it's making us feel better about ourselves. So my question to you really is, how did you get into the clean beauty space? And prior to getting into this space, were you 
just using any beauty products? Uh, were you always very particular? And if not, why did you switch to get into more of the clean beauty? Going back to my childhood, I grew up with parents that were homeopathic, classical homeopathic doctors. And so there was this emphasis on natural medicine and supplements and herbs. Dad and mom had organic gardens. So there was a lot of conversation about growing food without pesticides and harmful farming practices. So that's in my foundation. There was also an annoying book in the kitchen called E is for Additives. And so anytime we brought sweets home, which here in the States is called candy, my dad would go through the ingredients and check in the book what these additives would do to his little girl's systems. As annoying as it was back then, I really appreciate that both my parents, but especially my dad, that was always questioning what was going into products that we ate. Funny enough, it wasn't something that they thought about when it came to products for our skin, like cosmetics and body care and shampoos and so on. That never was addressed. And so I feel like I... I picked up where they left off and now I'm moving into that scene where I'm questioning labels like what is this ingredient what's it going to do to me or my family or my clients I love that so when you were growing up or you know when you first started wearing makeup or using different skincare products did you just use anything without really giving it a second thought I did. Yes. And so here's the other thing. My my mom was an esthetician and worked for a big company in London called Yardley's. And that is how my parents met. My father worked for the business side of Yardley's of London and moved from London to Dublin and met my mom. And so I grew up in a household where there was boxes and boxes of perfume and foundations and lipsticks and so on and none of it was clean not one item and so it wasn't until I worked in a health shop in my hometown of Wicklow in my early 20s that I was introduced to this whole concept of dirty ingredients or toxic ingredients and that's thanks to German companies like Dr. Hauschka and Valeda and so on and so that was turning point for me but Back then, there wasn't the movement that there is now with the likes of, say, Goop and Beauty Counter and so on. But now, I, I'm pretty confident that it's very clean in my cosmetic counter and in my kids' toiletries and so on. So I've, I've moved through traditional into clean, if you will. And it's, it's only getting better out there what's on offer, so it's easier. Yes, I can appreciate that. And I am 100% with you on that as well. Um, it's actually funny. I don't know if I ever told you this story when we worked together, but I, in college, I actually worked in a large department store. And within the department store, I worked in the beauty and perfume department. Well, 
for quite some time, I worked only in women's perfume. And to this day, I cannot wear any perfume because it gives me such a headache. And I think that, uh, I mean, that was around the time when I got really sick. And I think that being in that environment 24 seven, constantly smelling the perfumes and, you know, putting it all over my skin really only made things much worse. So it's like, I have all these nasty flashbacks from that time and from those smells. It's funny because I also have a background of a gig in Dublin City in a department store selling perfume. (laughs) I cringe. I cringe. I hated it. I hated what I was trying to sell, but desperate times, desperate measures. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, so now that we know a little bit more about your background and kind of where you came from and all of that sort of stuff, I would just really love to dig more into the whys around the ingredients that are going into our makeup and skincare and like you said, your kids' personal care products. So to start off with, tell us a little bit more about the effects of using traditional makeup and skincare products over time. Can you give any specific examples of things that start to happen or things people would start noticing or the reason why you keep them out of your house and for your children? Well, let's start with something called SLS, which is a sodium lauryl sulfate. That's one of the first ingredients I learned about way back when, when I was working in Ireland in the health shop. So sodium lauryl sulfate is a sudsing agent. So you find it in hand soaps and face washes, body washes, shampoos. And it's actually an industrial degreaser. It helps cut grease, in other words. And we are, I'm going to use the word brainwash, I think it is the right word. We're brainwashed into thinking that something sudsy is making us clean. And if it doesn't sud... It's not working. And unfortunately, sodium lauryl sulfate is extremely stripping to our skin. It's an eye irritant. It can destroy our hair because it's super drying. And for those of you that love to dye your hair, which I was also prone to doing, it can strip the hair dye. Um, It's very cheap detergent. You'll also find it in your your clothing detergents as well and dishwasher detergents and leaves a residue. Um, it's, It's pretty nasty. It's replacement. I have some notes here on alternatives and an alternative to SLS would be cast oil based soaps. They're phenomenal. A brand that I love is Dr. Bronner's. He's done a great job. And so then another ingredient that can cause nasty effects over time is bismuth oxychloride. Bismuth is a crystalline mineral, very sharp under a mag light and very, very common in foundation. And so it's a popular mineral line that's international and it's one of the first ingredients listed in all but their matte line. And so it gives a beautiful dewy finish, but unfortunately it's buffed into the pores and can trigger itching. Some people only notice it when they're exercising. If they get sweaty, their face is itchy. It can cause bumps under the skin. It can trigger acne if you're acneic prone. And all in all, it to me is a no-no when it comes to foundation and blush. 
Wonderful. So I, I'm writing these down, uh, you know, along with this show, I will be sure to, you know, really link to some good resources. Okay. So those are some of the things that could come up based on a couple of the ingredients. Do you have any more ingredients that you think everyone should avoid in their beauty products? I do. Yes. So when when people discuss clean beauty and they give examples of ingredients to dodge, parabens would be number one. And so I, I wouldn't be right to skip over that because I still think it's worth talking about. Parabens is used as a preservative and it's antimicrobial as well. And in Europe, five parabens have been banned that are still available over here. And it's known as an endocrine disruptor. There's been a 2004 study over in England where a tumor was removed from a woman and they detected parabens in the tumor cells. And so, of course, that caused a big dramatic wave and a few more studies have been done since to back that. And so it really and truly is something to avoid. And thankfully, there are alternatives in clean beauty now and in mainstream to be fair there are a lot of companies that are now claiming to be paraben free they are paraben free uh, alternatives to parabens would be believe it or not lactobacillus there's mm. some sort of a, a product or an ingredient that's been made from radish root and fermented kimchi and so that's something i look forward to studying i'd love to know more about it yeah carcinogen definitely that but also topical irritation like itching skin bumps dry skin rashes burning so definitely not something i'm a fan of that's really interesting that you say that about the lactobacillus because a lot of i'm i'm noticing a lot more skincare products are really starting to tout this idea that they contain probiotics. Is that the reason why? Partly, but also because of the microbiome of our skin, you know, our pH balance also, it's very friendly to that. Very interesting. It's fun seeing things that we know are good for our gut health showing up in in our skincare products too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So you had mentioned SLS, bismuth, and parabens. Were there any other ingredients that you think people should really watch for to avoid? So another ingredient that I am super dead against is oxybenzone. Oxybenzone is a chemical sunscreen that our bloodstream absorbs. And it has been found in breast milk and plasma and urine and umbilical cords and a known endocrine disruptor in men and women. It's also an eye and skin irritant. And as of this year, 2021, it has been banned in Hawaii because of what it does to the coral reef. So an alternative to oxybenzone would be non-nano zinc and titanium. They're fantastic. Then moving on, talc. Talc is often contaminated with asbestos, which is a known carcinogen as well when it's inhaled. And you may have heard of this, Sarah, but Johnson & Johnson actually knew for decades that their baby talcum powder was contaminated with asbestos. 
and they have up to 20,000 lawsuits with women who are claiming it, it triggered their cancer. And so some of the, I think about a thousand women have successfully, successfully sued the company. And so that just, that to, to me is such a big, big win for those women. Very unfortunate, of course. And let's steer the ship away from talc because unless it's being tested for asbestos, which is not, it's a very expensive thing to do. It is still used in beauty products like eyeshadow and some face powders. And there's no guarantee that it's not laced with asbestos. So cornstarch, arrowroot, baking soda, and oat flour are great alternatives. And one last note, actually, Johnson & Johnson no longer use talc in their baby powder. It's now cornstarch. So that's very telling. Yes, I actually did. I, I do remember all of that happening. And I think something that's really interesting about what you just said, that Johnson & Johnson no longer uses it. So while there are you know, people out there that are very skeptical that ingredients that we are not consuming could be harmful to us. I think that just goes to show that they can, in fact, and they are, in fact, very harmful. And that if a company as large as Johnson & Johnson is going to remove it from an entire product line, that's definitely very telling. You know, as much as conventional anything, you know, we like to disregard as doing anything good for, you know, the health of people. I think that this is something that's very commendable when large companies do take a step in the right direction at um, really helping people out. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, d I definitely don't want to bash companies. And, and on that note, I, I do want to say, Sarah, I find that the clean beauty scene or movement can be very snobby and judgy. And some influencers in the, the, the social media scene, scene seem to come across as very, I'm better for using these products. And if you don't use these products, even though I'm educating you and why you should use them, shame on you. I never, ever want to come across in that way, ever. And so, you know, I just want to help gently educate, but certainly there are mainstream brands like Johnson & Johnson in respect to their baby powder who have made the change. Kudos to them for that. Exactly, which is why I love how you're giving these alternatives as well, because a lot of times these alternatives, like for instance, the Dr. Bronner's Castile Soap, it is so versatile and you can get a huge thing of soap and do so much with it. So it's really cost effective. And I think that's what I try to do too, is to, you know, not everything has to be a $40 lipstick because that's just not realistic if you're going to really make an effort to switch to cleaner beauty and personal care products. Yeah, that's the truth. It's very expensive. It can be very off-putting to a customer when they see how expensive clean beauty products can be. And I know that a lot of that's connected to sourcing and so on, but we're going to be moving into this being a more affordable field of beauty. I hope so anyway. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on then because obviously 
you know, I hear so much about really great, cleaner and, you know, better for you skincare and makeup and all of that. And the one that I use, I talk about the most is beauty counter. So that's, that, that's pretty much where I am limited. I do use some primally pure. I use some, some other miscellaneous things, but I'm pretty limited as far as what I know about products and brands. And because I, I want to be able to provide people a really in-depth portfolio of products and brands that they can try to see what works best for them. I would love it if you could help us and just kind of tell us some of your favorites. So first, I want to start with skincare products and brands. And if you have, you know, a top two to four that you could share with us, that would be wonderful. Okay, so it's difficult for me to narrow it down because I love so much. So I'm going to do this if I were on a desert island kind of a thing, (laughs) and I could only take three skincare products. So I run dry, and it's to do with living here in the high altitude. So Colorado is dry, 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 and my lips show it. And my go-to product is Henne organic lip mask and so that is founded by this wonderful woman I can't pronounce her last name unfortunately her first name's Laura Chinese descent and I don't want to not do her justice by pronouncing her last name but it's a phenomenal product it's it's a balm to oil nourishing treatment rich in sea buckthorn and cranberry and evening primrose oils very soothing, hydrating, and restoring. I absolutely love it. Stands out on its own for sure. And then moving on, Plenty Naturals. Plenty Naturals hails from Boulder, Colorado. It's woman-owned also, and it's a beautiful face oil with a little bit of papaya enzymes. So that helps digest dead skin cells or break down dead skin cells, which helps clear out our pores. Just a hint of vanilla extract is in it for fragrance. So if anyone is very sensitive to essential oils, this is a great product for you. I'm so impressed with it. I really do believe it's helping my skin. And then moving on, Revy Repair Night Cream. So Revy Skincare, also founded by a wonderful woman in Boulder, Colorado. And this actually has some tea tree in it. So if someone is sensitive, this isn't for you. But thankfully, tea tree and me get along just great. And so this I find very soothing and hydrating and helps balance my pH and a beautiful addition post plenty cleansing oil. And so they're my desert island trio and I look extra hydrated thanks to them. And then moving on, top three beauty products. And again, very difficult for me to narrow this down because I am a bit of a beauty nerd and have a lot of product. And so here goes desert island, Ilia Mascara. In the world of clean beauty, there has been room for improvement when it comes to mascara. And Iliad did it. They nailed it. And so this is award-winning. It's buildable and flake-free and it lifts and it curls and it lengthens and all that good stuff. 
great for sensitive eyes and their wand is great. They have um, figured out a way to, to create a wand. I think they went through something like a hundred different wands before they, they picked this one. It is just, it just seals the deal for me. This, this little guy lifts my lashes in a way that no other mascara can and no panda eyes, absolutely no problems throughout the day. It stays put and then it washes off easily with a little cleansing oil. And yes, love it. And then Suntegrity. And so I've talked about how much I dislike chemical sunscreens like oxybenzone. So a replacement for a chemical sunscreen, like say the Neutrogena, one of their moisturizers with SPF. This is a replacement. Suntegrity. It's the impeccable skin, SPF 30 with tints. And so I believe there's five or six different shades to choose from. And my winter shade is light and it just offers a little evening out to my skin tone and also has vitamins and peptide rich. And so I feel like it's a treatment on my skin throughout the day. And it offers great sun protection with zinc, non-nano zinc and a little bit of titanium. And so, again, going back to being here in Colorado, it's so bright and sunny, which is a good thing. But for my Irish skin, I have to be so very careful not to get burnt. And this product has done just that. I feel very good wearing it. And then lastly, Fitglow, also women-owned. And Fitglow is... They they started out in skincare and now they've been adding some really nice cosmetics. And so my favorite is the Lip Color Serum in Rosé. Um, very hydrating, non-drying, organic pomegranate oil, beet extract, antioxidants. It's just wonderful. And so there you go. There's my three. I'm so excited. Even though I know we're going to be having the show notes and links for all this. I'm feverishly writing it down so I can look at <laughs> all of them. Um, so I selfishly have to ask though, because when I worked with you in Colorado, you obviously had makeup galore. It was oh, like, <laughs> even for somebody like me who is so basic, I never do any of the makeup fun stuff. I was amazed. I was like, <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah, this is color <laughs> times a thousand. But so I had, uh, selfishly have to ask you, because I know you did have a few beauty counter products in there. What is your favorite beauty counter product? I'm just, I'm just very curious because it reminded me when you said that about the mascara, because I know that has been something in the clean beauty space is really what is the best mascara? I still can't find one that works really well. And, and I think the beauty counter one is, is pretty good, but I do, you know, I do see some of the the problems that you had mentioned. So I'm, I'm curious then, you know, if you had to choose one beauty counter product that you thought was the best, what do you think it is? So beauty counter, just to, before I continue, I have so much respect for beauty counter and it's actually a very big deal in my husband's family. His aunties are pretty, they, they do very well, let's say in the company. And so I'm, aware that there are many women around the country that sell beauty counter and it has been a great source of income, but not just that they have really helped get the word out to small town America, to big city America, 
about clean beauty and how we need to check our ingredients. And so massive praise for Greg, the founder, because this is a big deal. She did something that no other has. So well done to her. And throughout the years, I've had plenty of beauty counter come my way. I have to say their lipsticks are excellent. I think the shade that that over the years I've, has been my go-to. It's Raisin. Loved that. Need some more, actually. I have some of her eyeshadow palettes for brides. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what they are called, but they're the palettes with different colors. It's probably the Romantic. That's my favorite one. Okay, there you go. Very good product. Very buildable. Doesn't drop down on below the eye or anything. Really good stuff. And then recently, a dear friend of mine in town gifted me it's turmeric. It's a serum in a beautiful, bright yellow little glass jar. And it's got turmeric in it. And perhaps you can help me with the name, the official name. Is it the vitamin C, the serum? I believe it. I could always run upstairs and grab it, but it, I believe it's got turmeric in its name. Hmm. Let's have a look. Not sure. Wow. Okay. Well, well, I maybe it is the vitamin C, but I think it's the turmeric. <laughs> Let me see. I'm on their website now. I'm going to have a little... Yeah, because they did launch and I love it and I use it every morning. It's in a bright yellow bottle glass. It's, it's pretty small and it's yes. the vitamin C serum. Okay, there you go. So that's that's something I've been using. It's funny. I should know what it is if I'm <laughs> whacking it on my face every day. It's lovely. Yeah, look at that. Counter and all bright C serum. Yes, that's a lovely product, I have to say. Wonderful. That was really interesting. I, I just, I always like to hear people's different perspectives. I, I, you know, I even like when people reach out to me and tell me what their favorite things are. I'm always wanting to try new products, you know, within the realm of my basic everyday makeup routine. You do a great job. <laughs> so, okay. I have a question that I think this is, this is something that that I have always been very curious about, but I think a lot of people are curious about it. And since you have been in this beauty industry for quite some time, what do you think is something about the beauty industry that not many people know? Is there anything that, that people might be surprised to find out or, you know, anything even as it relates to regulations with ingredients or just anything? Yeah, there's a, there's so much. So let me try and narrow it down. Well, here, here, I'm just going to shoot out some examples. Fragrance on a label could mean thousands of different ingredients, of chemical ingredients. It is protected by the Trade Secret Act. And so if I were to contact a well-known perfume company, for example, and ask, can they please tell me what exactly the fragrance is? They don't have to give it to me, nor do the FDA. I think only one person has successfully accessed an ingredient list, a fragrance ingredient list in decades. So that's a big deal. So that one word on a label could mean a lot of things. And there's a documentary I highly recommend on that note by by a guy last name Whelan, and it's called Stink. I think it's a phenomenal insight into how these companies are protected. And so that's that there. Lead, lead, lead is no longer allowed in house paint or gasoline, but it may be lurking in our lipstick. 
And again, you won't be finding lead listed on the label. It hides in things like FD and C dyes. And when you think about how, if you're like me, you put your lipstick on and you lick it off, we're ingesting these products. And so lead can accumulate in our system over time. It can land in our bones. It can hide out there. It's a heavy metal you do not want to have in your system. And so not many people know that. And then words like hypoallergenic and non-comedogenic, they are not regulated. There's no testing guidelines requiring or requirements governing their use. And so that can be popped onto a label of a skincare cream, a face cream and, and so on. And really not mean what we think it means. It's just helping to sell the product. So I remember being surprised when I heard that. That is something that I did not know. And I think that's something that's very good for the community to know as well, because I'm always getting asked about different products and what it means if it's hypoallergenic. Like if if someone tends to react to X, Y, and Z, does that mean this product is okay? And of course, I don't know the answer to it, but that's... So in that instance then... If it was, I don't, I don't know, whatever it might be, but would someone need to reach out to the manufacturer and they would be required to tell them, okay, yes, if you're allergic to wheat, you cannot have this product. So hypoallergenic would be, say, let's think of something I've already talked about. Their opinion, and I don't want to throw any companies under the bus, but say a mainstream cosmetic brand their opinion of hypoallergenic could be very different to what my opinion is I'm not necessarily going to get the answers from them if I reach out I have to do my own homework and so if I know you mentioned wheat if there's a wheat derivative in there they can still say hypoallergenic because it's not in their opinion something that's going to be a trigger it certainly is, in my opinion, for someone like my husband, for example, who's celiac. That's a big trigger for him. In general, because of the celiac movement, companies are far better at disclosing. In fact, they probably legally have to now say contains wheat or formulated in a facility where wheat is processed. But there are other things like perfumes and so on. Even essential oils can be a trigger to some and not to others. And so on that note, Clean Beauty is definitely less, more companies, I should say, are are steering away from essential oils because of how triggersome they can be. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a really great takeaway for the community is just that that term is pretty, since it's not regulated, the product could be full of different things that you may actually be reacting to. So I know that it's really hard to get labeling from both a food and cosmetic standpoint, you know, certified this, that, and the other, it's, it's really expensive. Um, and so I think that's when it really comes down to trusting a brand and trusting a product and trusting the things that they're saying, instead of just looking at the marketing jargon that may be written on packaging. Yeah. Um, I have a huge amount of respect to the stores that are making it their business to do this footwork for us. Stores like 
in Denver, we have Aaliyah Beauty, and I work actually closely with a store called Vert Beauty. They they are screening products on our behalf and will only sell brands that are checking all those boxes. The pendulum swings in the clean beauty world. You'll see clean beauty over here on the left at Sephora. They have things like Olaplex hair products in the clean beauty section just because there's no parabens in that product. But you swing over to the far right and you'll see Integrity Botanicals or Folane Beauty. They would be very, very, very strict about what kind of products they allow in their stores. And then in the middle, you'll see Credo Beauty, the Detox Market, and then Vert Beauty and Aaliyah Beauty. They're doing phenomenal work on our behalf. So for someone who's starting out and they feel very stressed about the the labels and who to trust and so on, I highly recommend these stores. They're wonderful. Great thoughts. Thank you. So we are getting to the end. I could probably talk to you about these topics for a very long time because I would I would learn just so much more. And I know that it's kind of like I've been I've you know I've spent the past decade studying food and the as it relates to the gut and gut healing, gut health. And I could spend another decade and just really do surface level information on skin and beauty care. But you know, it's really one of the reasons why I have added that lifestyle element to a gutsygirl.com because it is so important to me. And I'm so glad that I was able to just, you know, scratch a little bit of the surface. Maybe at some point we could do another show and do something, you know, really in depth. Cause I think that this, this information is really important for everybody. So at the end of my interviews, I always ask guests for their three convictions around gut health and gut healing. As always for reference, mine are number one, heal your gut, heal your life. Number two, everything is beautiful in its time. And number three, no one will ever advocate for your health in the ways that you can show up and glow up for you. So obviously yours might not be, you know, a conviction with gut health and gut healing, but if you have like three personal convictions around, you know, maybe it's whatever kind of health, I would love to hear them. Okay. So I, I feel very passionate about clean eating like you do, and I as a holistic esthetician, and I'm a huge believer in what we put in our bodies affecting our our skin and so on. And so you are what you eat. And now that was drummed into me by my dad. And back then it was annoying. I appreciate it now. Good food equals healthful living. And, you know, I, I just learned recently that stevia can trigger anxiety. And Dairy, I know, can trigger cystic acne. So they're, they're, that backs up the whole you are what you eat. And then glyphosate free is key. So happy gut microbiome. I'm, I'm not a fan of glyphosate. So that's in my everyday practices to steer clear of it for myself and my family. And then lastly, when you eat standing up, the devil looks over your shoulder. And it sounds so morbid, but it makes me laugh. I worked with Dr. John Dulliard, who is an Ayurvedic doctor here in town. He has Life Spa. 
And in Ayurvedic medicine, it's a big no-no to eat standing up. And so he spotted one of us on set. We were doing a shoot with him. And he said, when you eat standing up, the devil looks over your shoulder. And so that has stuck. I've said that many a time to my family. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I might have to steal that one because, <laughs> because first of all, I know uh, Dr. Him, he actually taught at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition as well. So I did some Ayurvedic principles underneath him, and he is brilliant, and I loved him. Um, but what I love about that so much, what he said, when you eat standing up, the devil looks over your shoulder, is that I am trying to teach and preach to the community that healing your gut a lot of times has equal weight about how we eat and the settings in which we eat and the way in which we're feeling when we eat said foods as it does about the actual food we're consuming. And that's basically what he's saying. And uh, I just, I love that idea. And I love that thought. It's so great. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So Beth, tell everyone how they can connect with you, uh, where you're at online, what your Instagram handle is and any, anything else you might like to wrap up with. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. So my Instagram is Beth Walker underscore eco beauty. And my website is bwmakeup.com. And so I can do some virtual consults with people and I travel in a non-COVID world and I am available for TV and magazines and just personal consulting and so on and so forth. Love to connect. I love it. And I believe you are actually doing makeup for someone in the gutsy community for her wedding that lives out in Colorado that I connected you with. That is true. Yes. 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 I look forward to that. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's totally coming from you and the post you did. So thanks. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited. You're going to do, you always do lovely work. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you again so much for being on the show. And to everyone out there listening, thank you for joining another episode today. And please, Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave your reviews, and as always, connect with me over on Instagram or email or anywhere else. I love connecting with you all so much. Have a great day. Bye.